You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former major leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. We are through the wild card series here in the 2020 Major League Baseball playoffs. It was an exciting one. Uh, however, it's on to the NLDS and the ALDS. I welcome you in now to Big Time Baseball. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my partner, John Heyman. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Tony Gwynn Jr. He's at John Heyman. And now you can follow this show on Twitter. Follow us at RDC underscore BTB. That's Big Time Baseball. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. What a terrific wild card uh, experience we had in that first round. Let me welcome in my partner, John Heyman. John, how are you doing today? Uh, fantastic. Looking forward to some more playoff baseball, Tony, and hopefully we'll do a little bit better in this round than we did in the first round. <laughs> yes, we were. You and I both were quite mediocre, four and four, uh, with our picks and um, had a had a couple upsets, not as many as I anticipated. At least uh, we both had the White Sox; they go down. We both had Minnesota; they go down. Uh, we both had Cleveland; they also go down. And then uh, we flip flopped in 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 the National League on a couple picks. Uh, I had Cincinnati; you had Atlanta. Of course, you got that one right. I had the Miami Marlins advancing, and you had the Cubs. I get that one right. So. Four and four. Hopefully we have a little better luck. We're going to preview all of these series here in this episode. Plus, we got Alex Anthopoulos join us, GM for the Braves, uh, to give us some insight on what his what he's what he thinks of his team during his playoff run, plus what he learned while he was in LA uh under that regime. But uh John, let's get started, man. Uh, Tampa Bay, New York got a lot of division rivalries in this postseason. Let's start with Tampa and New York. Uh, Tampa demolished the Yankees during the season, winning, winning eight out of 10. Uh, how, how do you see this series playing out? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I had Tampa winning the last one. I got it right. I had the Yankees losing and got it wrong. I must not know my own team in New York. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Tampa was better than the Yankees this year. The Yankees have, were not great in the regular season, 33-27. I think this is going to be the most exciting and closest, and this is the hardest one for me to pick, but I, I'm going to go with Tampa. Uh, they were good to me in the first round. So, uh, you know, they did beat the Yankees 8 out of 10. Uh, it's closer than it seemed probably, uh, but uh, 8 out of 10 is still 8 out of 10. So uh, I got to go with that Tampa team, and uh, they're, they've they been amazing. I got to give it to them. Got one-third the payroll of the Yankees, but uh, a fairly comparable team, it appears. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. This 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 division series that we have lined up is a bunch of big brother, little brother matchups 
where little brother is trying to take that step to show big brother, hey, I'm here. I personally don't think the, the, the Rays are ready yet. I think the Yankees <laughs> offense has, right. has awoken at the right time. And, and I think, listen, going into the season, you and I both talked about this. We thought this team would be a juggernaut. And it just so happened they got hit with the injury bug. Well, it seems like that injury bug is 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 leaving them right at the right time. This offense uh, was able to score some good some 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 runs against the, the Cleveland Indians, who had a terrific uh, pitching staff. And I, I like the Yankees in this series. I I feel like they're hitting their stride. They're getting healthy all at the right time. All of their 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 offensive players are starting to hit their stride at the right time. And uh, I'm just not I'm not sold that the Rays are ready to take that step and take down Big Brother at all. So I, I, think, I think this one goes all five. I think this goes all five, but I think the Yankees end up winning. Let's switch to the AL West, uh, where you got another division rivalry. Uh, Houston Astros, Oakland A's. Uh, Oakland dominated this series as well, John, seven seven out of ten in, in the regular season. How, how do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, I'm going to go with the A's. They barely slipped by our White Sox, and I say our White Sox because we both wrongly predicted them but I, I think the A's were, in retrospect, not a great matchup for the White Sox with their left-handed pitching. The White Sox did not lose one game against a left-handed starter this year to go 15-0. and Incredible. So uh, I think they'll match up better with Houston. Um, you know, I don't think Houston has great starting pitching depth. I think Dusty did a fantastic job in that first round. I think if he gets him past this round, It'll be a miracle, and I'll want to reevaluate my manager of the year pick. But uh, I don't think baseball or America will love it if Houston goes further. I, I do think everybody loves Dusty, but uh, uh, people don't love this storyline right now other than Carlos Correa. Uh, you know, maybe I'm picking with my heart a little bit on with Oakland, but uh, I think they're the better team too. So I'm going A's. John, I don't think you're picking with your heart, man, because I think that is – I think this is the, the right pick. I, I like the A's. Uh, as well when in this series. They've been the team that has been on the wrong end uh, of the Houston Astros. And what we come to find out was some cheating on their end. And um, I think that that holds a lot of weight in this series. I really do. Um, it doesn't help that, you know, after the, the Astros take down the Twins, it's almost like Carlos Correa is rubbing salt in the wound, uh, kind of rubbing it in everybody's face. So I think this team, this Oakland A team is going to be motivated. As we talked about earlier, they they really whooped on the Astros during the season, winning seven out of ten. So I like the I like the A's in this one. I think they win it in four. Uh and, and you know, I guess we'll see where it goes from there. Let's slide over to the National League. You got the Dodgers, Padres, division uh rivals. You got Miami Marlins, Atlanta Braves. I don't know if you call them division rivals, but certainly uh put together some really good, uh, really good series this year against one another. Uh, let's start with the Marlins and Braves. Uh, the Braves won six out of six out of ten in, in the series, but they were all really close games during the regular season. How do you see this one? Uh, how do you see this matchup ending? I'm going to go with a favorite here. At least I think they're the favorite. I'll, I'll pick the Braves again. They were good to me in the first round. Uh, the Marlins were not. Uh, you know, perhaps I'm not a true believer yet. The Marlins, I keep calling them the miracle Marlins, but they keep pulling off more miracles. Uh, when we had Don Mattingly on uh, early in our sh- uh, podcast, uh, and he told us that they were a contender, uh, I raised my eyebrows. I think you did too. <laughs> and we we both didn't believe them. And boy, it's amazing. They've done a fantastic job. Mattingly, I think, is uh, manager of the year. Uh, they do have pitching. Uh, they will be tough, but uh, 
And, and I know the Braves don't have a deep, deep rotation. We'll get that, that with Alex uh, a little bit later. They'll have some choices in games four, five, three, four, and five. I think Wright will go in three probably, but four and five are going to be tough. But, uh, you know, I, the Marlins may be a little bit deeper in the pitching, but uh, that Braves offense is pretty good. So I'm going to stick with Atlanta. Yeah, normally, John, I'm with you on this one. Like, I, I don't normally take good hitting over really good pitching. Because that's what I think this matchup is. The Braves' offense can be overwhelming at times, but so can the Marlins' pitching. We saw that in the last series where they swept the Cubs. So, uh, but I'm with you. I'm going with the favorites on this one. I think the Braves' uh, offense will just have be a little too much for the Marlins. Now, in a short series, anything can happen. But just the way the Braves have gone about their business really all year long, I, I have a hard time seeing the Marlins win this series. Now, that being said, the Marlins have never, ever lost a playoff series <laughs> in the right. history of their franchise. So uh, we may be picking against uh, what seems like fate in some some regards as it pertains to the Marlins, but I got to go with the Braves on this one too. I just think their team is too strong. All right, let's slide over to the National League West series. This series has been building over the last few years, uh, it finally became a real series this year with the Padres actually being a team that the Dodgers really had to consider a threat. And, and they played this series very similar to Marlins and Braves. It was a tight series. Dodgers won six out of ten, but all the games, with the exception of two, were, were really tight games. So how do you see the Dodgers and Padres playing out? John. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, Tony, I, I got to stick with the team that I picked at the beginning of the year. Not that that was an original pick. Everybody had the Dodgers at the beginning of this year, and they have played spectacularly, winning 43 games. Uh, and then, of course, sweeping the Brewers that NL Central couldn't hit. But I, I do think the Dodgers have terrific pitching. Kershaw is pitching uh, fantastically now. Uh, they have five excellent starters. They're probably the only team that can say that at this point, particularly with the Padres pitching injuries it looks like there could be possibly maybe we'll find out uh, some decent news with Clevenger but obviously uh, still a concern there uh, Lamette I think is a little behind Clevenger so I'm not sure he's going to be able to go in this round uh, I'm really not sure on Clevenger either but uh, you know even at full strength uh, you know I've got to I've got to go with the Dodgers here I don't blame you if you pick the Padres they got a little magic working they have a fantastic offense and, and really I mean to be fair, at full strength, uh, they match up pretty good against anybody, even the Dodgers, but I'm still not convinced they're at full strength. So I'm going to stick with my original pick and go with L.A. Yeah, uh, I, I I will have a disclaimer on this pick. If the Padres <laughs> are at full strength, I like the Padres in five. I really do. I think this team um, showed during the year that they aren't afraid and that they, they are willing to go toe-to-toe with the, the Dodgers. And I think – they got the Dodgers' attention. I, I I do believe that. However, if the Padres aren't at full full, full strength, and that means Clevenger and the Nelson Lamette, uh, I I have a hard time seeing the Padres come through on uh, with this series. Uh, they've had a magical run all year long. Um, they they I mean shoot they win game three on a bullpen day, nine pitchers, nine innings, uh, shutting the Cardinals out, um, but. This Dodger team is, is 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 a very well coached, well put together team in terms of depth, pitching, defense, offense, you name it, they do it well. So um, if the Padres aren't at full full strength, I think the Dodgers win this series. But if the Padres are at full strength, I got the Padres winning this series. So nice. we'll see. How, we'll, we'll 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 see how it shakes out, though, John. 
Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. The Padres are awfully good and pretty close in talent to the Dodgers. Uh, if they have their all their players, uh, that rotation looks awfully good when you have Zach Davies as their three starter rather than their one starter. So big difference there. I certainly understand that pick. Very good, Tony. All right, let's uh, let's get into John Heyman's inside corner here, uh, John. This is a segment in which uh, we hand it off to John. He gives us the, the 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 news and notes with his ear to the ground in Major League Baseball. Let's start in Philadelphia. Their GM steps down. Who will be next? You're hearing a name like Ned Rice. Maybe tell some of our listeners who may not know who Ned Rice is, uh, who this guy is, and, and why he might be the fit for Phillies. Yeah, he might be. Uh, they might have him stay for an, a year and see how it goes. Uh, Ned Rice is very familiar with Andy McPhail, the team president, um, who is staying. He's got a year to go. McPhail does on his contract. So I, I could see them sticking with Ned Rice for a year and, and, and seeing and maybe longer. Um, you know, they were together, as I said, in Baltimore, along with Matt Clentock, Clentac. Matt Clentac will stay in some capacity. He's been reassigned. He's not going to be the general manager anymore. And I think what happened there was really uh, the fans. Uh, they made it clear that they were pretty annoyed that the team didn't make the playoffs this year again after adding Joe Girardi and adding a Wheeler. I mean, the big moves worked generally. Uh, Harper, I think, performed. Uh, certainly this year he did. And Wheeler performed, but uh, he didn't. Uh, Matt Contact didn't find those little moves that can sometimes put the team over the top, particularly in the bullpen, where that team had something like a 70 RA. I haven't looked like lately. It's so unsightly, I don't even want to see it. But they had an all-time bad bullpen, and uh, he took the blame for the bullpen and kind of the fan reaction. So Ned Rice is in there, at least on the interim basis. We will see whether they look around. If they do, I wouldn't be shocked if they looked at the Yankees. Um, they have several uh, assistant GM types, whether they have that uh, a title or not, they've got at least two or three guys that I, I think they might look at. Um, Joe Girardi obviously has some power there now as a as certainly a big-name manager. Uh, they didn't, of course, have a great year this year, but I, I think they do have a great feeling about Girardi going forward. And um, he might uh, convince them or give them an idea of who in New York could work. Jim Hendry's a guy who stands out. Uh, he was a Cubs GM for Andy McPhail. So Henry knows both McPhail and Girardi well, and I wouldn't be shocked if he was brought in. Uh, Tim Nairing is another guy who was a Red Sox player, was in the Reds front office, now in the Yankee front office, highly respected. And Damon Oppenheimer, who made all those great, great draft picks for the Yankees, is another one. So I think they may look at the Yankees if they don't uh, decide to stick with uh, Ned Rice for GM. But uh, certainly they could go somewhere else, and we will find out uh, – uh, hopefully soon, because the the winter is about to start. Yeah, they, we need to find out soon because there's another looming question that pertains to one of their players, and that's JT Riomuto. If he leaves Philly, what will the offseason look like for the Phillies? Yeah, I, I they have money. They make money. They have a great TV deal. John Middleton, their owner, uh, is willing to spend. They brought in, in addition to – uh, Harper, Arietta, and Wheeler in the last three years. So they will spend. I would not be shocked if they're right in the middle of it for Trevor Bauer. Uh, there are going to be a lot of teams in on Trevor Bauer, though, especially uh, with him going out there and saying he's willing to do a one-year deal. You know, now that push comes to shove and he could be the Cy Young winner, um, certainly a top leading candidate for that award, pitch great in the postseason, too, against the Braves. But I think if they are unable to sign Real Mudo, and 
I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it another shot with Real Muto, but I, I have heard of some pessimism there. I think they'll look toward Bauer and they'll look toward uh, James McCann, uh, who's a catcher with the White Sox. I, I think McCann, as a free agent, will do well. He had a nice year this year and a very good year the year before. And they obviously have Grandal with the White Sox. So he not only will be looking around, very likely will leave. And they will look at center field as well. So there are center fielders out there, Jackie Bradley Jr. and George Springer, two guys we've talked about a lot on this uh, podcast. And uh, I think they will look at center field in addition to uh, catcher certainly and uh, Bauer. Yeah, you, you know Bauer. The Bauer move doesn't surprise. He seems like a nomad. He seems like a guy that just kind of travels from place to place. Doesn't necessarily need a home right now. Uh, and he certainly has opened up his options by by saying he will take a one or two year deal. I think that adds to the list of teams uh, that that will that will go after him. I mean. Do you actually see him taking a one or two year deal, or do you think that's just him talking? I, I, he is unique, so I wouldn't rule anything out. But I would be shocked. I mean, we've never seen a star of this uh, caliber, this magnitude, uh, do a one year deal when he's, the opportunity is going to present himself. Now, it, it's a funny winter where teams are all coming off of losing seasons in terms of the money. Uh, they all certainly, if they didn't lose money, I think I believe that they did lose money but even if you don't believe that they certainly didn't make as much money as they have in previous years um so it's going to be a, a kind of a funky uh winter but uh, i still think the big stars will thrive and certainly along with real mudo uh bauer is, is the biggest star those two are are the biggest going into this so um i do think uh bauer will have the opportunity to do a long deal and uh, you know, I, I just don't see the guy doing a one-year deal, but, you know, he's he is an unusual cat, no question about it. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the Red Sox a little because they have an interesting uh, situation going on over there. Uh, there's a lot of talks of, of Alex Cora coming back. Are, are there any other candidates who we know about? Yeah, you know what? I think that potentially uh, there are other candidates. They are looking around. Uh, Heim Bloom, the new general manager, will look around. Uh, one name that stands out is Matt Quattraro, a bench coach with the Rays. Uh, Rays people get hired everywhere. And certainly with a, a former Rays uh, executive, Heim Bloom, in that job, uh, Quattraro will, will have a chance there. But I do think Alex Cora is the favorite at this point. Um, you know, it is up to Heim Bloom, but uh, the ownership uh, really loved Alex Cora. The fans loved Alex Cora. They won the 2018 World Series. Uh, we know he has that uh, little blip on his resume. I shouldn't say little, but uh, he was suspended for a year. It seemed like at his firing, uh, they were all very sad, though. They weren't mad at him. They were sad. So, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, – it's up to Bloom, but the pressure's on him, and I think that uh, – Ultimately, uh, I, I concur with others who say that uh, Cora is the favorite for that job. It, it does seem like the one place that won't fans won't have a judgment on him uh, in terms of what has happened in, in his past at this point. So it may be a good fit and the right fit for the Red Sox, to be quite honest. Uh, stay with the Red Sox. Are they still talking no qualifying offer for Jackie Bradley Jr.? Yes, that's my understanding. The qualifying offer is expected to be a little higher than last year. I believe it was $17.8 million last year. So figure in that $18 million range. Really good player, um, but uh, the Red Sox, um, you can read into what you want. I, I don't think they're giving up on contending next year, but uh, you know Jackie Bradley Jr. is certainly an outstanding center fielder. Had a pretty nice year with an OPS over 800, but 
Uh, I think they feel that the 18 million is too rich and he will not receive the qualifying offer from my understanding. One of the openings, managerial openings, resides in Detroit. Uh, who are the candidates that you're hearing in, in Detroit? Yeah, we've, t- we've talked about Don Kelly, who was, who was a player and a front office executive with Detroit previously and is now a coach with the Pirates uh, and coach with Houston as well. I think he's a candidate. Mike Redman, who's the bench coach in Colorado, I think he's a candidate. He's got a connection to Al Avila, uh, who's the Tigers' GM. Uh, but, you know, Avila interviewed a, a whole collection of people uh, last time, and uh, he ended up hiring Ron Gardenhire. So I, I think he does like a guy with experience, and I wouldn't be shocked. And I, we've seen his name come out as a candidate there. I wouldn't be shocked if A.J. Hinch ended up with that job. Uh, he obviously is a terrific manager and certainly, I think, paid the price for what happened in Houston. Uh, he didn't instigate it. It wasn't his thing. Uh, but obviously – he was punished for a year because the rules were that whoever was in charge would be punished, and he was punished. Uh, I do think that he is a um, very, I wouldn't say as likely as Cora back to the Red Sox, but I think he's got a decent chance in Detroit. Yeah, uh, I'm certainly for guys getting second chances, and I, if anybody deserves it, I think A.J. Hinch would be would fit that bill there. Hopefully uh, he gets that second shot at it. Uh, let's move to our favorite team to talk about. I feel like they're on our show every week. Let's talk about the New York Mets. Will they hold, overhaul their front office? You know, I think that's the likelihood. I think some of the people in there already resigned to that, uh, as long as Steve Cohn is approved. And I think that will probably come in November. We had Rob Manfred on last week talking about how they'd love it if uh, they can get this done. They are going to vet uh, Steve Cohn, uh, the prospective new buyer of the Mets. Uh, But once he's in there, we've already heard that uh, Sandy Alderson uh, will be the team president for business operations and baseball. So uh, they will likely hire a new general manager. I think, you know, Brody Van Wagen, I don't think really got a fair shake. Uh, He was only there for a little more than a year. You know, if you count this as a year, I guess it's two years. Um, They did a good job last year on the field. This year, they did not get it done. Uh, people point to that Seattle trade as not a great one, but let's face it, Cano was pretty good this year, especially at bat. And Edwin Diaz was very good uh, in, in relief for the team. Um, obviously, there were some other moves that didn't work out, but normally GMs, even GMs of losing teams, get at least four or five years. And, um, you know, I think that the likelihood is, though, that they'll bring in some uh, new blood into that front office. We've heard of Billy Owens, uh, who's been a long time. Big-time scout with the A's, uh, well-respected in the game. Uh, Some people have suggested Bobby Heck, who's in Tampa now. People in Tampa get hired, and he's done a good job with uh, drafts in the past. Uh, Paul DePodesta has been connected to Sandy for years and uh, I think is a very good baseball person. But right now he's with the Cleveland Browns. He's a football person. I think he actually prefers football. I think he said that out loud. And He lives in San Diego. I'm not sure that he – I want to uproot his family. Same with Josh Burns, who's an executive with the Dodgers. He's also living in Southern California. I'm not sure he'd come. I think the most likely guy, uh, and it's not a name that's been out there, but it's in-house sort of, is John Rico, uh, who was in their baseball front office with Omar Minaya and with uh, Sandy Alderson. And I think Omar Minaya, and of course we see Sandy Alderson, have connections to Steve Cohn. And I think John Rico uh, makes the most sense. Um, nobody has really said it yet, but uh, to me, I, I think he's probably, I'm not going to call him the favorite, but I think he's 
one of the more likely candidates uh, to come into that baseball front office and perhaps be the general manager. He's been the assistant general manager in the past. And of course, with Sandy, they got to the 2015 World Series. So they definitely had a fair amount of success previously. All right, last and final thought uh, for, for our inside corner. Will the Pirates exercise their option on Chris, Chris Archer? <laughs> I don't think so. $11 million, and that's not going to look good. But, of course, it was not the Ben Charrington regime. Uh, that was previous regime of Neil Huntington. Uh, that was will go down as one of the worst trades in recent baseball lore. I'm not sure it's Brock for, for, for Brolio, but not good. Uh, Tampa, which does a terrific job, ended up getting Meadows, fantastic outfielder. Glass now, one of their top three pitchers, extremely talented. And Boz, a minor league guy who's got big potential as well. I've heard they would have made that trade for any one of those three if it had been offered, and they ended up getting all three. So that was not a good trade for Pittsburgh and Archer coming off an injury year, $11 million option likelihood is they will not pick up that option that's going to do it for this week's episode of big time baseball i'm tony gwynn jr he's john haven make sure you follow us at rdc underscore big time baseball that's btb or you can follow myself at tony gwynn jr he's at john Heyman. Uh, make sure you subscribe to itunes spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcast we'll catch you again next week uh, for another episode of big time baseball It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.